Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong. I can change a diaper with one hand. Jack is back, Jack. And Joe Getty. Joey, baby. I love you, tiny people. I'm strong and Getty. But I know this. They're loco. So it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Las Vegas, someone stole the catalytic converter <laughs> out of the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Uh, right now, Oscar Mayer doesn't know whether to call a mechanic, a butcher, or a urologist. Wow. Wow. That's a bit of a stretch for a punchline, but I laughed. Joe and I got to ride in the official Oscar Mayer Wienermobile several years back, and it was the finest sausage-related transportation I ever got to partake in. I would agree. It stood alone. Uh, You know, we were just talking about how the federal government has ordered state departments of transportation to cut the levity. No more jokes or puns or anything on those highway safety signs. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. I find that story practically imprisoning in how depressing it is. I know it. I know it. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's had such an effect on me. That's the, this sort of thing drives me crazy. Oh. You know, and it's uh, it's just the sort of big government uh, 
uh, all, uh, you know, involved in every single aspect of life and yet responsive in no aspect of life thing that is socialism and communism. We were talking earlier about the idea that everywhere you turn, there is a bureaucrat who will oppose what you need to do, but cannot make it happen that you can do it all they can do is say no there's no one to appeal to there are only more faceless bureaucrats you could stand outside a building and yell at it but it's not going to do you any good there's never any accountability in collectivism and how suffocating that is we're talking i don't know for some reason the highway sign thing just it, it feels like that to me yeah we're talking about those electronic signs that like you know on mother's day they might say hey your mom loves you drive safe or that sort of thing wait we can't mm-hmm. have puns and cultural references and that sort of thing on our highway signs it's confusing to drivers and could cause harm that sucks the life out of me that yeah. sort of thing yeah yeah uh and pete boot edge edge they say edge edge uh, his department's behind it he's uh, been kind of controversial lately we'll hit on that boot in a edge, few minutes. edge so uh the plan is to do a little california's crumbling here is the band fired up michael are they they got their instruments tuned and everything the song is short but it's important to be tight two three four well that is a short song that is well don't bore us get to the chorus uh i'm looking at all of the stuff i've assembled over the last like day and a half it's practically you know clips of the week where we could do one story after another doom 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 and then the next one and go on for hours I'll just touch on them fairly briefly. Washington Examiner is doing a three-part series on California's aging infrastructure and its impact on the lives of residents. Uh, Californians spend three times what taxpayers dole out in Texas on their uh, on their highways. Highest gas taxes in the nation, um, amount that increases every year to match inflation. Uh, billions of dollars have been spent on upkeep for the crumbling infrastructure, yet California ranks almost dead last in cost-effectiveness and condition of its roads and bridges. No way. According to a 2021 report from the Reason Foundation. Put simply, the state does many things poorly and nothing well. The think tank report uh, stated ranked the state 45th in the nation when averaging in 13 categories, including pavement condition, disbursements per mile, and fatality rates. I don't know much about disbursements per mile, Jack. I can barely say it. I was complaining about that just the other day. I'm sure I'd disapprove of it if I knew the specifics. That's the third disbursement we've passed in the last four miles. So moving on, completely different topic. Uh, San Francisco District Attorney Brooke Jenkins, who is a breath of fresh air in the wake of the Marxist malpractice of her predecessor, uh, Chesa Bodine, is now trying to get permission from the Board of Stupidvisors in San Francisco. She's begging them to let her cooperate to bring two men to justice who have been protected by the sanctuary city policies. One is a child rapist, and the other murdered his wife. And the city fathers say, well, if the feds want to apprehend them, they will, that we can't uh, cooperate with the feds, because that would be mean to the immigrant community. So they're choosing child rapists over the victims in San Francisco. Moving along, speaking of the city by the bay, formerly one of the great cities in America, They're looking at killing the plan for tiny homes. Even though nearly everyone in City Hall agrees, San Francisco desperately needs more shelter and housing for the homeless. But familiar hurdles, a barrage of complaints from neighbors, and eye-popping costs are threatening to derail an innovative proposal to get more people off the streets. There go his eyes. In the Mission District, 
They're trying to uh, build 70 tiny cabins. The plans are now on hold after overwhelming opposition from members of the community in, like, the most liberal city in the world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're talking about, like, around here you want to build this stuff? No way. Adding to the frustration, the absurd price of building the cabins, which officials estimate will cost up to 10 times more than they would across the bay in Oakland. $100,000 per tiny cabin, not including operating costs. That's just to get them up and, and running. 10 times more in San Francisco than in Oakland. It ain't like Oakland is, you know, uh, Kansas. These things are like the second or third most expensive tough shed in the Home Depot parking lot. If you're trying to picture what they look like, oh, okay, they're medium-sized tough sheds. And they're going to cost $100,000 each, not counting operating costs. Wow. If they can find a section of the city that will put up with their presence. The great progressive experiment continues. How about this? Gavin Newsom, the lefty progressive virtue signaling governor, is now in a fight to the death with all sorts of so-called civil rights groups because he can't get the care courts up and going. These are the courts that would take the seriously mentally ill and figure out if they can't help themselves and they're going to die on the streets, we got to get them into care whether they like it or not. Well, your various disability rights groups and ACLUs are making it impossible to do. So they're running into that. Even the government of California, which is left to Trotsky, isn't far enough left for the activist groups. Another example. As California is crumbling, Mike. As you're really quick to the, the button there. That was good. That was sharp. San Francisco had hoped to mandate treatment for up to 100 more mentally illness homeless people. They started this program in 2019. They identified about 4,000 unhoused people who struggled with addiction and mental illness. They were going to compel more people into treatment who met strict criteria. Officials estimated the program could help 50 to 100 people get housing and treatment for six months. But only three individuals entered the program and none remain in it today. The program has zero beneficiaries. None. Wow. So I've got this story about how BART, which is the train thing you ride around the San Francisco Bay Area, paid $350,000 for a two-year homeless program that served one person. Look, they they finally decided after a couple of years to look back and see how it was doing. Served one person for $350,000. I mean, it's so ridiculous, it's actually humorous. Um, but one of the reasons is... Um, uh, they had an abstinence policy for drug or alcohol use and so nobody was interested in this program ah, um, okay they said the the approach of uh, not having the abstinence program would have been more effective and appealing to people who are homeless but suffer from substance abuse so if you have a program where you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars but you say hey you can't do drugs or be drunk though nobody's interested one person in two years for three hundred fifty thousand dollars got any help from the program i mean that's stunning well, you have a lot of moving quotes in this uh, article about walking down the street and somebody uh, seeing somebody utterly helpless, wasted, profoundly mentally ill, and you'd like to get them into help, but there's just no way to get through the paperwork. Right. Apparently. Right. Just crazy. And actually, the guy behind that uh, perhaps well-meaning law that just can't take effect 
uh, Scott Weiner, who's pro-slavery, pro-slavery activist Scott Weiner of San Francisco. And I'm going to call him that for the rest of my career because it's become utterly, utterly, undeniably true that Weiner, who wants to make all sexual activity legal, including street prostitution, underage sex, whatever. You know, he hides some of it, but he he does. His, uh, <clears throat> his law that eliminated the chance for police and activists to go up to incredibly young-looking uh, prostitutes who are sex slaves on the street, he made it illegal to do that, essentially. And the result, according to everyone who deals with human trafficking, sex slavery, of underage girls, of women, of immigrants, of, of women with reduced mental capacity who are being used as rape slaves. Everybody is unanimous in saying Scott Wiener's law has made it the heyday now for sex slavery. All around Everybody the state. says that. Yeah, L.A., yeah. San Francisco, everywhere. So you're going to call him a pro-slavery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a pro-slavery activist. Mm. Yeah, as long as the slavery includes sexual activity, he's in favor of it. Well... The uh, there's a new law that he is pushing uh, to stimulate construction of new housing in the state. Oh, that's right. That's why I wanted to bring this up, because it's so wonderful. It is so California. It, he introduced this bill. It was signed by Jerry Brown in 2016, part of a 15 bill housing package to make construction easier in the state of California, which is actually a pretty good idea. Now, I probably wouldn't like the way he went about it, but I admit it's a pretty good idea. It requires local governments who haven't met their state housing needs assessment goals to approve multifamily complexes and put aside a bunch of zoning standards and stuff like that. You don't get to enforce any standards because you're not building any housing. It's like taking the reins away from those local governments. Maybe you like this idea, maybe you don't. To take advantage of the streamlining, builders must use sites zoned for residential, blah, blah, blah. They require builders to pay workers prevailing wages on it on projects of at least 10 units. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. So this is the desperate need for housing for the poor, but you've made like prevailing wage demands on whoever builds this housing. Okay, that would seem to cloud the waters, but let's let's move on. Projects with at least 50 units of housing must cover workers' health care. Oh. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. This is a desperate need, and you're going to use temps and subcontractors and stuff like that, but you got to cover health care. Okay, that's going to making making it harder, but okay, all right. Developers must also hire workers in apprenticeship programs. Well, what if we don't have an apprenticeship program? Okay, well, all right. Uh, well, Wiener's bill has the support of the California Conference of Carpenters. However, it's unclear whether the powerful state building and construction trades council of California, which backed the original bill, will do so again because the two unions were at odds last session over the labor requirements in the new bill. Carpenters were pleased with the prevailing wage standards, but the trades wanted to see additional provisions pushing developers to hire skilled and trained workers or labor unions. And SB 35 con contained skilled and labor requirements, but the new version appears to have labor stipulations that are closer to the will of the original blah 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 and since unions own the state there's no way to get any of it passed armstrong and getty jack armstrong and joe getty 
Getty. On a personal privilege. Don't get brazen with me. The Armstrong and Getty Show. For the first time, Amazon's self-driving car transported passengers on public roads. The car drove perfectly, uh, then they were thrown onto their front porch like a cheap set of luggage. <laughs> Unfortunately, after the Amazon car dropped one guy off at his doorstep, someone ran up and stole him. Oh, terrible. <laughs> terrible story. <laughs> wow. Terrible, terrible story. Oh. The list of the ten highest paid entertainers in the world out yesterday... And I find this interesting only because I'm kind of interested in uh, who are the biggest acts in the world. Some of them I know very well. Some of them I've never even heard of, like number 10. I don't really Who's know. Who's in? Who's out? I don't really know Bad Bunny's act, but Bad Bunny made nearly $90 million last year. Bad Bunny, in case you hear your kids mention it uh, or you're into it, Puerto Rican rapper. There you go. Taylor Swift, good to see her get a break. She made almost $100 million last year. It's a, probably a down year for her at $100 million. Followed by what, with the ticket fiasco. Followed by James Cameron, the Avatar director, who made almost $100 million last year. Number seven, I found this very interesting. The Rolling Freaking Stones. And I thought, well, the Rolling Stones is not a person. It's a band. Made $100 million last year. But it points out that Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, during their tour, made $8.5 million per night on their European hmm. tour last night. So hmm. if you're wondering, why are they out there still playing? They're 80 years old. What are they? Because they walk out there and Mick goes, Brown Jagger! Uh, uh, and it hops around a couple of times, <laughs> and he made eight and a half million dollars by night after night by shouting the words to some of his songs that are sixty years old. Wow, eight wow. and a half million dollars per night. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Brad Pitt made a hundred a hundred million dollars last year. He did. Yeah. Cashing in on the fees from a deal he made la- the year before where he sold a majority of his production company, which I didn't even know he had, and he made $100 million. Yeah, right. Number five, James Brooks and Matt Groening. $105 million. They're the uh, the Simpsons people. Earned over $100 million last year. Sold the whole different thing, or the whole 700-episode Simpsons thing to Disney. That's where me and my kids watch it every single day, practically, and uh, made $105 million off of that. Well, they've earned it. Similarly with Trey Parker and Matt Stone, of uh, South Park fame. They sold their all their episodes of South Park to Paramount for $160 million. Hmm. Tyler Perry, the movie director, you know who he is, $175 million. Sting is in at number two. And you thought, Sting, did he have a big album? No, he sold all uh, the police music. $210 million for Sting last year. Wow. By the way, anybody wants all the uh, episodes to this show, you can have them for 1000 bucks each. 1000 bucks a man. Thousand, not a thousand bucks per episode. Thousand, all no. of the episodes, thousand total. bucks total. Yeah, actually, we couldn't sell it if we wanted to. So, why has this just become a big deal in the last several years? I'd never even heard of musicians selling their catalog, and now they all do it. So, the police did it. Sting made three hundred million dollars before taxes, and number one on the list, Genesis with Phil Collins, uh, making a gazillion dollars. Three, also about $300 million for the entire Genesis catalog, which did something change about the world that this became a thing, or is uh, all the big acts are aging? I'm shocked that Genesis got more than the police. Mm, Phil Collins had a lot, a lot, a lot of huge songs there for a while. I was a DJ, and it was horrifying every time he put out an album, and it was su- su- studio to the top of the charts. 
Yeah, but was that counted in the Genesis catalog? I don't, I don't think so. Good question. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Speaking of presidents of the past, I've finally had enough of this, and I have set out to end this idiotic claim once and for all. The woke left makes a heck of a lot of idiotic claims. Some of them are. Some of them require arguments and, and, and creative logic to disprove them. Some of them are just bizarre misstatements of fact. They're lies. And here's one of them. It's the whole thing about Lincoln. Lincoln and the slavery. The whole thing about, okay. <laughs> Lincoln and slavery. When you just said the whole thing about Lincoln, I thought, okay. The whole thing about Lincoln. 
Number one, he had no beard. Number two, he'd never been to Illinois. No, of course not. Uh, Lincoln's relationship to slavery. Part of the reason I bring this up, you know, in the wake of various uh, Lincoln monuments being defaced, the utter half-wits of the San Francisco school board talking about how schools shouldn't be named after Lincoln, etc. And then you have a couple of developments, this Disney cartoon, The Proud Family, that has gone full-on DEI woke Black Lives Matter militant. And uh, the new Disney and streaming cartoon aimed at children features elements of critical race theory. It identifies one of the white characters in the show as guilty of white fragility, denounces Lincoln as not caring about ending slavery, etc. Uh, going into detail, in the season finale, the town of Smithville is about to put up a statue to founder Christian A. Smith. And of course, they had to throw the, uh, make the name Christian, by the way. That is not unintentional. One of the characters, Maya, discovers Smith was a slaveholder. Maya is raised by an interracial gay couple because, of course, she is. Mm. Randall, who is black, angrily denounces his husband, Barry, who is white, for defending the town founder. Proof of white fragility says, I don't understand anything about your white fragility. After Barry expresses ignorance of the concept, Randall lectures, you know what it means. You're doing it right now, being defensive about race. Robin D'Angelo wrote a whole book about it. Read it. You're on page 39. This is the same book that, among others, Matt Taibbi, prominent liberal, denounced as a pile of horse S. By the way, if you're not familiar with it, the book White Fragility insists that white Americans use anger, shame, and guilt to avoid taking responsibility for racial inequality. Uh, in the real world, it's been used to label white students racist just for being white. Ultimately, Barry asks for forgiveness for his defense of the town founder. I was so ashamed of the history, I couldn't face it. I wanted to pretend it didn't happen. He said, falling into line. And then, in the episode, some of the students talk to English teacher Brother Kwame, who lectures them that Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation didn't free all the slaves. One student reacts in horror, saying, So it's true. Lincoln really didn't care about freeing slaves. And Kwame claims, actually, he wanted to deport us. The girl angrily responds, Why are we just learning this? This should be in the first sentence of his biography. Now, we could start with the fact that Lincoln historian David J. Kent, author of three books on the 16th president and the president of the Lincoln Group of D.C. for comment, he called the show's dialogue a mix of misrepresentation, non sequitur, and falsehoods. For instance, the deportation thing is that Lincoln called for a voluntary option for free men and women to colonize areas outside of the United States if they wanted to, if they didn't want to keep living in the U.S., for which the federal government would pay all costs and provide a means to get started in the new area. This option was offered because ending slavery would not end racism, either in the North or South, and Lincoln and many others thought they should provide an option to start again elsewhere without racism. Lincoln's support for colonization was tepid at best, by the way. He thought it was an interesting idea and one of several options. Then, the ultimate point I wanted to make. Jack, if you'd like to interject here, anything at this point? Or I'm sorry, I'm, I'm babbling on aggressively. Uh, I got something, but I'll save it. Okay. Anyway, so I decided to go back and comb the Lincoln record, and I will hit you with a handful of quotes. Starting in 18... 
1837 when he was 28 years old in the Illinois General Assembly and co-wrote a resolution with one of his fellows. Resolutions upon the subject of domestic slavery having passed both branches, etc., etc. They believe the institution of slavery is founded on both injustice and bad policy, but the promulgation of abolition, blah, blah, blah. They believe that, uh, where's the important part? Um, it was calling for the restriction of the growth of slavery at the age of 28 in 1837. In 1854, if A can prove, however conclusively, that he may have right enslave B, why not B snatch the same argument and prove equally that he may enslave A? You say A is white and B is black. It is color then, the lighter having the right to enslave the darker. Take care. By this rule, you're bound to be the slave of the first man you meet with fairer skin than your own. Mm. You don't mean color exactly. You mean that whites are intellectually the superiors of blacks and therefore have the right to enslave them? Take care again. By this rule, you are to be the slave to the first man you meet with an intellect superior to your own. But you say it's a question of interest, and if you make it your interest, you have the right to enslave another. Very well. And if he can make it his interest, he has the right to enslave you. Does that sound like a man who didn't want to end slavery? And that was in 1854 before he got really into it. And I could go on for an hour with these quotes. So I tweeted out the review of the new Lincoln book by John Meacham. John Meacham has won many big historic prizes. He won the Pulitzer Prize for American Lion, the book about Andrew Jackson. But anyway, so he's got a new look, Lincoln book out called in there was light and our friend tim senator reviewed it i tweeted that out it's pretty interesting a lot of the stuff you were just talking about tim getting into uh pushback on the 1619 project and that sort of thing i hope this gets worked out of our society over this period of time and the 1619 view unchallenged doesn't just make it into our schools and that's the direction we go from here on out right right indeed a uh, few more. What time is it? Yeah, we have time. In 1858, speech at Chicago, Illinois. I have always hated slavery, I think, as much as any abolitionist. I have always hated it. Later that year, as I would not be a slave, so I would not be a master. This expresses my idea of democracy. Whatever differs from this, to the extent there is a difference, is no democracy. Stating clearly, slavery can't coexist with democracy. You could go into the Lincoln-Douglas debates in which he made brilliant cases against slavery and certainly the growth of slavery. How about this classic? The whole uh, all men are created equal thing. Well, that was just perpetuated to keep white men with property equal and not black people. One of the bizarre and wildly inaccurate claims you hear from the woke left. Uh, Lincoln, in 1858, his last debate with Stephen Douglas. When this new principle that African-Americans were not covered by the phrase all men are created equal, this new proposition that no human being ever thought of three years ago is brought forward. I combat it as having an evil tendency, if not an evil design. I combat it as having a tendency to dehumanize the black man, to take away from him the right of ever striving to be a man. I combat it as being one of the thousand things constantly done in these days to prepare the public mind to make property and nothing but property of the black man in all the states of the union. He finds it evil. He's shouting it's evil to suggest that that phrase didn't include dark-skinned people. Lincoln didn't was soft on slavery. You lying, slandering, radical Marxist. Mm, I almost used an unfortunate term, folks, and I'm glad I didn't. 
I could go on and on. I think slavery is wrong morally and politically. I desire no further spread. Should not object if it gradually terminates in the whole union. There was one that was absolutely great where he quotes the founding fathers at length, where it was infinitely clear that they wanted slavery to go away, but they it was there when they started the country and they didn't know what to do about it. But they designed it specifically to choke it choke it off, not to perpetuate it, you lying liars. Anybody claims that that Lincoln was fine with slavery, he just did it as a convenience for you know during the the Civil War. They either are flaming ignoramuses or liars. Well, and it's all a new take. Also, it's not like new information was discovered or anything. All the 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 the, uh, the history of Lincoln was known when Martin Luther King Jr. gave his famous "I Have a Dream" speech at the Lincoln Memorial, quoting the whole "All men are created equal" at some point in his speech, and he clearly thought that made sense to be at the Lincoln Memorial. He wasn't there to say Link was a racist, wasn't the point that he gave the speech there. There's a Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard in every city in America. It's a federal holiday. It's Black History Month, and the, but there's a rewriting of the whole Lincoln part of it, and well, that and interesting. Like I said, there's not like new information came out. Tens of thousands of freed slaves took the last name Lincoln at the time. It's not because they were wrong about Abe, all right? End of rant. Yeah, I doubt it's the end of the discussion. (laughs) No, no. Those who would battle against lies and falsehood and extremism can count on long employment. It doesn't go away. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi on a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. 
That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I got my The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, speaking of conflicts, and this one, uh, you know, the conflict in Ukraine is of enormous historical significance and, and significance currently. Um, but I think the, uh, the story that may have been underreported more than any, or would it be less than any, the most underreported story of the last couple of weeks was the gigantic battle to arrest old El Chapo Jr. in Mexico. I heard a uh, little bit about this. That's the uh, drug kingpin who's in jail, his son. Exactly, who, who took over the, the family business. Oh, he did. Okay, so he was running the cartel then? The Sinaloa cartel, yeah, indeed. And uh, this is of significance, folks, of course, be- because, and this is, the, this is the reason I bring it up, the crap we get obsessed over, whether we the media or we the American people or whomever you want to talk about, the stuff that is it's sometimes kind of jazzy and exciting and it's conflicty and it's, you know, Trump versus Biden or whatever, R versus D, blah, 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 beltway crap is so overrated or overreported in terms of its day-to-day importance to real Americans' lives. A hundred thousand people a year are dying of drug overdoses in the United States. The vast majority of uh, majority of it fentanyl, and all of that is coming from the Mexican drug cartel. A hundred thousand people a year. If you had a dozen people die because Corporation X was manufacturing a dangerous lawnmower that tended to break apart and its blade hit you in the chest and kill you. If a dozen people died, a there dozen, would be a yeah. national obsession with it. Oh, yeah. It would be such a huge story. So we have six figures of people croaking it every year on fentanyl. Many of them, especially you know, in the last couple of years and currently, with no earthly idea that they're taking fentanyl. They're getting poisoned. They're being given a substance they didn't ask for. Increasingly, interestingly enough, the dealers are just selling fentanyl. We can't get you heroin. We can't get you anything. Here's some fentanyl. Don't worry about it. The dose is right. And the poor junkies, uh, you know, on their knees, go ahead and take the fentanyl. Anyway, so it's in terms of actual cost to human life, it's, uh, it is a mind-bogglingly large story. But this was practically ignored. In the pre-dawn hours of January 5th, hundreds of Sinaloa cartel gunmen raced to Jesus Maria, Mexico. Hundreds of them in armored pickup trucks, makeshift tanks. 
They were trying to rescue their boss from Mexican soldiers who had laid siege to his rants, according to residents, gang members, and Mexico's own military. But the small army of gunmen proved no match for the actual army, which used gunships to strafe the convoy of pickup trucks rigged with makeshift armor and high-caliber guns in the capture of Ovidio Guzman, the son of El Chapo. So, you know, and, and perhaps properly so, a couple of the, like, brass of the military walk with Trump to that church during that protest. And we, we you know, oh, my God, it's the militarization of that. That was wrong for the president. And, you know, those are pretty interesting conversations. I'm not saying they're worth, not worth having. You have hundreds of soldiers using machine gun wielding gunships to battle hundreds of cartel members in a, a, a battle that cost uh, 19 cartel members and 10 soldiers lives right across the border over the arrest of a giant criminal organization's kingpin. We were defeated, said a 30-year-old cartel gunman brandishing an AK-47 rifle and pistols. They were better prepared. Then they go into the Sinaloa cartel, along with its arrival, the Jalisco New Generation cartel, which sounds uh, a little bit like a 1960s vocal group name. The Jalisco (laughs) New Generation cartel. Uh, Kind of mamas and papas sound, I'm picturing. Anyway, they they control a burgeoning burgeoning trade in fentanyl, which caused most of the 107,000 overdose deaths in the U.S. in 2021. We're still counting up the dead people from 2022. We'll get back to you when we get those numbers together. Most of it, much of it is produced in makeshift laboratories near the state capitol. The uh, flow of fentanyl into the U.S. was at the top of the agenda between old man Biden and his uh, Mexican counterpart. Uh, what do they call him? AMLO. Um, and they mentioned, they quote in this article in the Wall Street Journal extensively from one of the chemists with the uh, cartel who says, yeah, we laid low for about a week, but now we're up and cranking again. We're making as much cartel, uh, as much fentanyl as we ever did. So that's nice. Um, and the chemist who runs a fentanyl lab and pill factory near unpronounceable said the hundreds of gunmen mobilized by the cartel to try to rescue Mr. Guzman showed its strength, his strength. Quote, if they kill 200 people, 500 more will pick up their rifles. Final note on this. Did you see in Central California, the cartels executed six people in a home in the Central Valley, including a 16-year-old mother and her little baby, or an infant, shot to the head, the six-month-old infant. By the cartels. They are now operating enthusiastically in the United States of America. Watch any newscast you want tonight and tell me whether they're talking about this. And you know why they're not? It's pathetic. I think the story is underreported in spite of the 107,000 Americans who died from drug overdoses. Because of some vague, well, we don't want to criticize Mexican people. Feeling in the mainstream media. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, it seems like we're against immigrants or we're, we're hard on Mexico and Mexicans. And it almost sounds a little bit like Trump saying they're sending us our their drug dealers and rapists. And we, don't, we don't want to say that. So well, 100,000 people dropping dead in the prime of life. We'll ignore that because of a vague feeling of uncomfortableness saying anything uh, cr- critical of brown people. I think that's how freaking stupid our media is. <laughs> Stupid is the wrong word. Delusional and ruled by their emotions. 
I hereby accuse you, lemmings. What is your response? Lemmings, what is your response? <laughs> oh, God. Man, I'd like to get some of your your Margaret's Brennan and your Chuck's Todd and your your New York Times uh, columnists and uh, just uh, sit them down for a while. You know, maybe they have to be restrained. I don't know. It's hard to say, but uh, just ask them these questions. How do you answer? Talk to me. So a couple more things while we're on this topic. A brand new poll has just come out, and a majority of Americans blame uh, Joe Biden for the border crisis. My, uh, you see the, the, those poll numbers a lot in like uh, right-leaning media. My counter to that would be it just doesn't, it just must not rank as a very big issue for people overall. So I think people do generally blame the Biden administration for the porous border. I just don't think the issue um, is as is important as I would like it to be. So. You know, I, I disagree somewhat just because the polls I've seen more most recently, and I don't have them in front of me, admittedly, uh, put the border situation immigration up pretty high. And the other story, I just think I think people are are exhausted by it. They're in despair because they've been hearing it for so long. Nothing ever happens. The other story is that uh, the Border Patrol nabbed 15 people that are on the FBI's terror watch list uh, coming across the border in what? in may 15 in a month yeah Mm. yeah just looking at one month so yeah that's i mean wow how different is that from the way we treated the fbi terror watch list shortly after 9 11 where we would have our eye try to have our eyes on people all around the world now we have over a dozen try to come across the border into the united states and it's still not enough to move the needle on getting the handle on the border that's amazing yeah. Armstrong and Getty. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.